Welcome back to another edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning, and you're back in New Jersey's. <laughs> back in Jersey. Phew. <laughs> and with us once again, we're happy to welcome back Forbes Senior Staff Writer, Sarus Arvar. Hi, Sarus. Hi, good morning. Yeah, hi. And so nice to have you back with us. I guess Thank we have you. a few things that trying to figure out what's going on, right? <laughs> Thank you for Thank you for having me. Well, the, the last time we spoke just a couple of weeks ago, GM had hit the pause button on cruise. It's robo taxi business following the October 2nd crash in California in which a pedestrian was hit by a human driven car and then thrown under a cruise vehicle. It initially stopped, but then pulled to the side of the road, dragging the pedestrian underneath. There were questions about how forthcoming the company was with reporters and investigators. And this week came the resignation of CEO Kyle Vogt. Sarus, uh, that came Sunday night. Yeah, the yeah, it's been it's been a lot of news over the last forty eight hours, and here we are. It's Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. Yeah, here um, we are. I'm, my head's spinning. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yes, as you say, Sunday evening, uh, Kyle Vogt, uh, one of the two uh, company co-founders, resigned uh, from the company. Uh, on Monday morning, yet just yesterday morning, Dan Can, the uh, the other co-founder, also resigned. Um, so now the two company co-founders are, are gone from Cruise. Um, and then um, yesterday morning, uh, or excuse me, yesterday afternoon at, at one o'clock Pacific, four o'clock Eastern, uh, Monday, November 20th, um, uh, General Motors CEO Mary Barra and a number of other uh, board members and executives at Cruise um, had an all-hands meeting um, where they did their best to try to reassure uh, the staff uh, at Cruise. And they tried to, you know, they said that Mary Barra said that, you know, this is an opportunity to start a rebuilding. Uh, she told the team, I want you to know that you have my support and GM's full support. Um, a board member, John McNeil, uh, you know, talked about how, you know, how difficult the mission is. People were talking about how how much they believe in, in Cruise's mission. Um uh, one thing that that stood out to me a little bit also was that Mary Barra was noticed was noting that the company was not naming an interim CEO for the for the time being. Um, so the company has two presidents and no CEO for the moment. Um, so we'll see. But they they you know they weren't they didn't say they were shutting down. They didn't say they were you know bringing people over to GM. They didn't say that you know like they were giving up or anything. They're 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 going to move ahead uh, for now. But um, it's certainly a um, it's certainly a uh, difficult uh, uh, situation. And you had an opportunity to listen to to the to that call to the audio portion. I was given. I, I was. I was uh, leaked to record an audio recording of the of the meeting. Yes. And the tone of it. I mean, it wasn't a two way thing, right? With the employees. Was, yeah. So, so to be clear, it was a video call uh, that that um, that they had um, with the staff. Um, the staff were not invited to ask questions of Mary Barra or any of the other executives or people that spoke. Um, I don't think there was like a chat function or anything like that. It was pretty short. It was only about thirty minutes, and there were three or four people that spoke. Um, and yeah, it was just meant to be to say like, okay, we're moving ahead. These are our new leaders. You know, let's keep going. That was sort of the the general tone. One thing that sort of surprised me, I have to say, was that you know it was very almost kind of measured. I would say like it wasn't a kind of you know 
uh, you know, locker room kind of rallying pep talk kind of tone. Like that was not the vibe at all. Uh, it was much more kind of reserved and just saying, okay, we're going to, you know, plow ahead and, and, and continue forward. Obviously they don't want to have mass uh, departures. Yeah. And, and I think that's probably given the, you know, an, another thing that, that also happened last week, of course, was this question of, of um, rescinding the company's uh, GM's buyback of, of the cruise uh, stock. Um, so I don't know if, if viewers know um, one of the ways that that employees are compensated at cruise, and this is this is you know somewhat common in Silicon Valley, is um, not only are you paid, of course, a you know a cash wage, a cash salary, uh, but also you receive um, or in some cases have the option to buy uh, stock at a discount in the company. So in this case, what Cruise does is they said, okay, uh, and this is a program they instituted in 2022. They allowed people to, they were basically given, people were given stock in the company um, as part of their total compensation. And then at various intervals, they had the option if they wanted to, to sell it to General Motors um, uh, at, a, at a specific price um, that the company, you know, they had an outside valuation that was determined. People, of course, could choose to hang on to the stock, uh, you know, believing that it would go up later. Um, but um you know, they suspended that program, which which frustrated a lot of people. Um, you know, feeling like that now they were being they were holding onto a stock that had no buyer. It's not like they could sell it on the open market. So, like they they you know they, that was very frustrating. And then they, you know, pulled back from that decision uh, a little bit. Um, so it's been a little bit of a chaotic time over there. It seems. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more. They pulled back a little bit. They are buying some. They changed the price. What What did they do? Because of course they did this after uh, the crash, correct? And not before. Um, and so, um, of course, you could expect that if you were a publicly traded company, you know, the, the price would have somewhat tanked, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't, they, they basically halted uh, uh, the, the buyback on, this was just, just four days ago on the, on the, uh, on the 16th um, was when they announced that they were halting the buyback. Um, and then they came back and they said, I believe that they said that they were going to do it um, for some employees. They were going to allow them. Was my understanding. I didn't get all. I didn't get all the details. Cruise is not always uh, super responsive to my questions. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I I think there was they they understood that. Um, and I don't fully know how these programs generally work. But I think in this case, my understanding was that when people were were given uh, these uh, bundles of stock, if you will. Uh, they they immediately had to owe taxes on it, which right. is sort of offset by you know if you're going to sell it relatively quickly, that can be offset by the by the value of the stock. So um, there was some concern that people were basically being given uh, stock and then were being asked to pay taxes on it, and then now they had no market for it, which made it momentarily kind of worthless in a way. Um, so I think that caused a bit of an uproar uh, among some of the staff. So more than worthless if you're paying taxes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. 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 Uh, so, I yeah, I mean, I think Cruise is, is really, you know, at a place where where they're trying to um, they're they're really trying to figure out uh, kind of how to how to, you know, get back on track. Um, there's there. Um, they named a new new president, Mohammed uh, El-Shanawi. Um, 
Yeah. Um, who and who's the president and chief technology officer? Who formerly was the uh, I think the uh, head of engineering, vice president yeah, of engineering. We, we know we know him, right? Right. Um, yeah. He, he has been on the podcast. He, we've had him on a podcast. He's a you know very capable and competent yeah. individual, and uh, yeah. and so that's that's good to hear. But just a little bit more on this. It's it, my goodness. It seems like. It seems like when you do something like that, it means you're starting to fold the tent, doesn't it? Or, or again, I'm here in this bubble. I don't know anything about this this stuff. So, what, what can I? I'm just asking stupid questions here. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it, it certainly. You know, there was definitely. I, I think you know, I had heard from from people uh, inside the company, alumni of the company, who wondered if this was sort of, you know, if they were going to announce. Um, the end of cruise sort of as we know it, if this was going to be sort of an Argo situation, right? And people may be yeah, familiar with, yeah. with uh, Argo, right? Of formerly the, the arm of, of Ford uh, that, that shut down in 2022. Um, and, you know, people wondered if, if this was going to be sort of that moment where they were going to maybe keep some portion of the cruise staff, maybe integrate them somehow into GM and cut everybody else loose. That did not happen yesterday. So, um, maybe that will happen in the future. Um, we don't know, um, right? The the if if Barra is correct that GM is continuing to support the company is presumably continuing to willing to spend billions of dollars on the company, um, then we will see. But the company is certainly in a very different place from where it was a year ago. Are they operating vehicles outside of the U.S.? Uh, I have seen that reported that they're op that they're operating vehicles or if they're not operating them that they have plans to operate vehicles in Japan and I want to say in the United Arab Emirates as well. Right. Yes. Um, they certainly um, announced the the United Emirates. Yeah. Um, so so yeah that that's that's my understanding uh, is that is that they continue to to do that but um, and you guys may know better than I would you know prior to uh, these setbacks beginning in October. Um, in San Francisco, my understanding is that is that their you know U.S. deployment you know at its peak was in the you know hundreds of cars in, in total, um, which I think is far more than they had operating in other countries. Now, uh, when he resigned, uh, Kyle wrote, "Cruise is still just getting started, and I believe it has a great future ahead. The status quo on our roads sucks, but together we've proven there is something far better around the corner. Thanks for the great ride." Um, and you, you have to wonder how that was taken by by the people who, who worked with him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, it's really uh, I think it's hard because I think that, you know, my impression from speaking to people, like I said, inside the company, uh, who people who have been with the company but are no longer there. I, I think that there's a there's a question of of seeking kind of some some people want, you know, some accountability Right. Of course, he he founded the company. He was brought back to the company after having been away from it for a little bit. Um, and, you know, but at the end of the day, right, I, I, I could see a scenario where, you know, he didn't use this phrase, but I sort of think of the old phrase, right? The buck stops with me, right? Like, yeah. uh, and if the company is, um, you know, really struggling and, um, you know, had its license pulled in its biggest market um, and is, you know, having trouble with with California regulators in particular, uh, I could see why uh, he wanted to to go. Um, similarly, Dan Can, right, who who stepped down yesterday, 
um, had a similar similar message to to cruisers. He said that he it has been his privilege to help technology that will create the world. He said, I am extremely proud of the team and experience we've created. Through ups and downs, we've created a service that served 10,000 rides a week and thousands of deliveries. I know Cruz will achieve that again under Mo's leadership. He has shown time and again that our team can achieve the impossible. Thank you, everyone, especially the PDRM team. I'll be rooting for you along the way as you get cars back on the road. So, yeah. So I, I've always, I don't know them that well, but certainly, you know, known them for probably the whole ride. And they're, they're very straightforward. Both of them, especially Kyle, and, and I, I was Sunday night. I I I was shocked. I was I, I was I was completely discombobulated. <laughs> I like to say because it's because it's so so ironic and and such such a shame. It's just such a shame because um um you know I I sort of believe in the same mission they believe that that they are really doing something that's good for, for society. And, um, and they're really not out there, you know, trying to, you know, make a killing and, and, and monetarily and so on and so forth and extremely responsible, you know, in dealing with the safety issue. Um, maybe they didn't do it. I guess looking back, one would have to say they didn't do it as well as Waymo, and and we've always, at least I've always applauded Waymo as 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 really doing a great job on on making sure that the on the safety thing and trying to do uh, a proper engagement and communications and and largely pretty open uh, in terms of um, both the the good and the bad, and then to 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 have. I actually feel a little bit responsible for, for what happened to poor Kyle because, you know, like nine hours before before that crash there, um, he zoomed into my class and was talking very candidly, very openly, very forthrightly uh, with my class. And I, of course, appreciated that like you can't believe. And and then you know, and and talking about the tough decision, how tough it is to put to make the decision to put a mobility system out there without any human direct supervision. I mean, you're, as I think I've probably said to him, you're out there betting the ranch that this thing is really going to work, uh, because because you really don't. You, this system has to work. And, and and the toughest part of this of this whole business is is the system has to work while you don't know what you don't know. And I'm, I'm sure we must have discussed that in the class because certainly I discuss it with my class all the time and we I'm sure we did it with him. We, we, we made no recordings. I run my classes. I, I call them the, the Vegas rule. You know, what's done and said in my class stays in my class. It's for the benefit of the the people that are in my class. It's not to put out on this podcast or whatever and, and so on. You know, this is this is otherwise, what are we going to get? We're going to get, you know, press releases. No, thank you. OK, you know, we can read those. I, I don't uh, I don't see how that makes you in any way. responsible. Well, I don't know. I just I feel it, it's ironic because you know in the discussing the toughest thing about this is we don't know what we don't know and i i can't imagine anybody 
ever suggesting that, oh my goodness, the thing that's going to bring us down is some hit and run driver, you know, catapulting an individual in front of us that we, you know, do absolutely everything I suspect probably as perfectly as we could do it to avoid causing any more damage then yeah, probably I mean, I think, you I, know I and then then moving I, over to the side of the road which i don't know if I, i'm so happy i wasn't i, I didn't have his job because yeah. you know you want to get out of the way we get blamed for getting stuck in in concrete and whatever stopping and and people say you know we're in the way and all that so we'll move over to the side of the road no if any if any engineer that had any voice in the company would have said, my goodness, before we move, we must be able to check if there is a body under our car. They would have put a camera under there or they would have found some elegant solution to do that. Now, maybe I'm just naive. I don't know what their whole sensor stack is and all their perception algorithms are. But I bet there's no line of code or there's no deep learning training session that's gone in there and and said, uh, yo, check under the uh, check under the wheels or check under the car. And Alan, of course, and, and now. So I, but yeah. my, my thinking is that all of that, everything you're saying is certainly thousand percent accurate. No, no. But, but, but did did yeah. did the real trouble spin out of spin out of control more or less with the controversy over whether or not they they were forthcoming about it 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 could have and it, and who knows who made the decision or who knew what when and so on and i'm sure um i'm sure we're going to find out okay or at least when they find out and they know and and gm knows that not that they should throw everybody under the bus forget the the parallelism here but um um, that that we'll see, but but this was a tragic situation in which it's it's moving in real time. Is everybody in the whole organization going to make the absolute right decision, statement, whatever, whatever, whatever? And and sure, uh, you know, one could. I I just I just don't think that I can't imagine that Kyle was was or Dan were the ones that said that 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 said, hey, we aren't going to show this. And of course, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm too naive, but boy, it's just, it discombobulated me. That's all I can say. Yeah, it's, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But yeah, I think it is worth noting that, right, it took some time for, you know, unfortunately, neither California public agencies, right, the DMV specifically, ni nor um, neither the DMV nor Cruz itself um, you know, are providing, you know, clear explanations as to what happened, right? So the incident happened on October 2nd. Um, the, um, there was a meeting between Cruz officials and California state officials on October 3rd, uh, to review kind of what happened, but it wasn't until October 24th, right? That, that the DMV suspended them, right? I have the letter yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But like, it, my point is that like, is the DMV, Right believes, you know, rightly or wrongly, uh, they said that that um, they didn't. Right, I'm I'm reading here. It said, right, the department yeah. only learned of the AV's subsequent movement via discussion with another government agency, which I asked them, and they meant NHTSA. Um, uh, so anyway, 
Um, so, you know, it's, I think part of it is, is this question of like when that was revealed to regulators and the state officials. Um, I think that's a big, that's a big part of it. And the state and state officials feel that Cruz was not, you know, it seems that they feel that Cruz was not forthright with them. Um, so I think that, um, yeah, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. And it's obviously, I think this is a, an industry-wide set of challenges is to be able to figure out, right, it's often called the sort of, you know, infinite long tail problem, right? There's infinite number of scenarios um, that these companies have to have to plan for uh, as best as they can. And I, and like you said, I don't, I can't imagine that, that many people anticipated um, that there would be somebody underneath uh, uh, the car. Um, yeah. So I think uh, to me, the, there are at least two important lessons we learned here. One is you better look under the car. Okay, so if Waymo hasn't gone in there and put cameras or whatever, and all the others haven't gone in there and put do to do and put in their code wherever the heck it's supposed to be or trained the darn deep learning thing, whatever, da, 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 to make sure there isn't. So that because if this happens again, then whoever does it again, I mean, you know, they need to be, you know, whatever. And, and the second thing, which which is the lesson that, that I've been that I've been preaching to my students, I think I preached it before this is is uh, my goodness, uh, the, the cover up is worse than a crime. OK, if you if something happens, you know, just be forthright about it. OK, I mean, life is not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We can't be perfectly safe. We, I mean, if 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 the view from San Francisco is to have this kind of mobility, is that it has to be perfectly safe, or even substantially safer than human driving, then San Francisco shouldn't get it because well, it's, it's not worth, achievable. It's, worth noting, it's, it's worth not achievable. Cars, it's worth noting that Waymo's cars are still operational in San Francisco. It, it, it is nice. It is nice. And I think San Francisco should take a look and maybe to me the wrong message. I was going to ask you, you know, what was Mary's message as to what they're trying to achieve? If the message of Cruz is really to solve the safety problem, then they should quit right now. OK, because they're not going to do it because to solve the safety problem. Mary can do it with her Cadillacs. Don't let them speed. Okay, make sure the person's paying attention. Don't let it crash. Don't let people that are inebriated get in there and drive your Cadillacs. She could do it. She doesn't need crews to do that. Okay. Now, of course, nobody's going to buy her Cadillacs if she does that. All right. So the pro the, the safety problem with with humans is that they're. That, that that they misbehave. That's the problem. It's rare that that a that a I've had deer catapult in front of me and I've hit them. I think seven of them actually, believe it or not, and I had no chance. Okay, but all the other crashes are you know somebody's on their cell phone, somebody's who knows what picking their nose not behaving and and darn it you know that's that's the real safety problem that gm could solve say hey we're not gonna we're not gonna sell we're not gonna let people misbehave in our cars but you know then they won't exist so i guess they can't do that 
But the other thing is, is that what Cruz can offer is darn good mobility to San Franciscans at an enormously affordable price to change the lives of people and improve people's lives. This is a mobility system. This is something to help people get from A to B. You know, it's nice that you can ride your bike. I could ride a bike and so on. Some people can't. Some people need. Some people don't want to. Some people can't afford it. Why isn't that the mission out there? Why isn't that the, the, the view in San Francisco? San Francisco, you know, people getting around, the people that live here, able to get around and, and take advantage of, of all the things in San Francisco, that's what we should be providing mobility for. And unfortunately, if, if Mooney could do it, they would have done it. If Bart could do it, they would have done it. But what they can do is because of the technology they have, they are extraordinarily limited. And so people end up not getting anywhere. That's not been the message here. And I think the other unfortunate thing that Waymo also and and Cruz, they never, I don't, to what extent did they go to the community, the people who really need a ride? Because they, it's trivial for them. Little algorithm, boom, the car goes there, da 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 takes you at a cost that really, when you get down to this thing, if they built the origin vehicle, they got any kind of productivity out of these things, you know, it's less than a latte. And yeah, but Waymo's out there trying to get access to San Francisco airport so that they can do, so that they can do tourists. Come on. Larusa, anyway. maybe we, we know you have to run, but bef yeah. before you do, <laughs> tell us what your thoughts are about the going forward, moving forward. Yeah, here. we got to move what forward. What the future um, may look like with, with the. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's, I think it's worth noting, uh, like I mentioned, right? Waymo does continue to operate. Um, so I think that for Cruise, it, it's, they're certainly at a moment of crisis and they're, and they're, you know, it's going to be very difficult, I think, for them to come back from this. Um, it's, you know, they, I don't know precisely, they haven't said um, precisely what measures uh, they have taken, what sorts of things that they are doing differently. Uh, and like I said, similarly, uh, the California DMV has not said what Cruise needs to do uh, to be operational again. Um, so, you know, if, I, I think it's probably very difficult to be in Mary Barra's shoes right now, given that GM has spent, like I said, several billion dollars uh, on on cruise over the last several years. Um, so it's it's hard, but we will see, uh, you know, how this technology moves forward. And and like you mentioned, um, right, if if Waymo can prove to be uh, successful in San Francisco, can prove to be successful in Phoenix. Um, can catch on, then perhaps this this can actually can actually work, uh, you know, on a mass scale. Um, but I think it's it, for now it's it's too soon to tell. But but Cruise is certainly, you know, has a long way to go. Bruce, thank you for for spending time with us. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, thank Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, let's uh, let's hope that we'll have you back and we we're, we need whatever we. Um, it's still worth doing. 
Alan, the dispatcher publisher, Michael Senna, in his updated newsletter writes, it's not the end for Cruz, but it should be the end for GM's Skunk Works project with Cruz and the start of a more serious approach toward driverless vehicles by the automobile industry and investors. Michael writes, my recommendation to GM and Honda, do not do a Ford and VW and close down Cruz as they close down Argo AI. He addresses uh, GM CEO Mary Barra saying, she and her GM colleagues should have been thinking about how Cruz's systems and service operation innovations could make GM something much more than what it is today. He says Cruz needs to be inside a company that knows what to do with it. If it's if it's not GM, then please hand it over to a company that will know what to do with it. The first item on the agenda for that company, he says, should be to get Kyle Vote back in the CEO saddle. Yeah, uh, it's it's nice that Michael wrote that. Um, 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 both Waymo and Cruz. Total focus, not total focus, extremely greater than 50, 80%, whatever, was safety. And it's understood that safety is incredibly important. But safety is a necessary condition. It's not something that really should be, one should strive to optimize against everything else. Okay, because if 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 it's safety that we want, we just stay home. Okay, and 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 so yes, safety is extraordinary. If if it's unsafe, forget about it. Okay, and as we're seeing here, the implication here is that it's unsafe. And unsafe here, where where it provides essentially no other value that anybody can see or perceive in San Francisco, or at least that's what the the, the press seems to say. I mean, they might as well pull it in, forget about it. At some point, I think what motivates both Michael and myself is the opportunity for mobility and really efficient affordable, high-quality mobility as opposed to the mobility system that we've all ended up getting to and and being convinced that we have, have to have is our own car to drive ourselves to wait around where we want to go and have it wait around for us so that we can be sure to get home. You know, that's the value proposition. Plus, I can say, hey, Fred, look at the car I have. And okay, but but really it's 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 to be able to 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 do that and to do that, I don't know, you put some smoke and mirrors on it, mirrors on it, and it looks really somewhat affordable. I mean, we've created a, you know a way that we fuel it by you know, just putting a credit card into a machine. And here in New Jersey, we didn't don't even pump our own. I mean, it like goes in there for free with no physical effort. We only get our 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 insurance bills huh, 
twice a year or something. So it looks like that doesn't cost anything. And then, I mean, the financing stuff and you like put peanuts down and you got it. And then you read the small print. Oh, my goodness. And so it's all been made to look like it's, it's essentially free, which is great. And in California, they call them freeways. It's not because you can just go. Of course you can. But they're free. I mean, enormously great madmen have gone in there and just made us love it. But then if you look at it, for the folks who actually read the fine print, who actually maybe pay attention, who don't have a Fred that they care to show, hey, look at this. And I'm really just trying to go to the grocery store to go visit a friend or whatever. The mobility system that we have available to them, if they don't have good legs and it's not close, it's really, it might be very inexpensive, but the quality of service is what? And it's not that these systems haven't wanted to have higher quality of service and be able to go everywhere anymore on demand. It's because the tools that they have to do that aren't there for them to do it. And the beauty about what Waymo and Cruz have been trying to do and others is to put some new tools out there that actually can deliver on-demand, high-quality mobility 24-7. Now, of course, now they say they have to do it 365.25. Why, guys and gals? Why not just 350? Apparently, today, Waymo has a a meeting in in Buffalo because they want to go test in Buffalo. What do you have to test in Buffalo? You can do Buffalo. If you've done San Francisco, you can do Buffalo. Maybe you'll have to ask them to put a little paint on the road so that you can see where the lanes are. Might have to, you know, do a little, move some signs around or something like that or put some new signs around, but they can do Buffalo. If they're doing San Francisco, they can do Buffalo trivially. They just don't have to be doing it when there's a foot of snow or ice on the on the on the roadway. That's just all. think that happens 20 days, 30 days a year. You got 330. That's less than 10%. You can do the 90% problem for Buffalo. Not just the 80% problem, not just the 50% problem. You can do the 90% problem. Why are you so focused on saying I've got to do it in snow? Go to there and tell the people, look, we're really good. We can give you affordable, high-quality mobility 24-7, okay? The only thing that we can't do is is like when the mayor, I'm sure the mayor, the governor here in New Jersey, I mean, we have a couple, you know, inches of snow. Oh, please, everybody stay home. Just stay home. 
we're sorry we can't do everything for you. Okay? And in fact, you probably shouldn't go out when there's a bunch of snow until they've had a chance to shovel it. You shouldn't drive in Atlanta when there's a sheet of ice on the roads. This technology isn't being developed to, to solve the sheet of ice problem on the roads of, of, of Atlanta. If it is, they should quit now because they're not going to be able to do it. Not anytime soon. What we need so, for that is the boring company and go underground, but that's another story. Well, sure. Then what do you do with the stuff that you take under uh, from underground and who, who the heck wants <laughs> to, I mean, you know, you know, no, 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 I'm not going to, but the, it is. So I think they need to change their message. I think they need to go in there and say, we're, we're really trying to improve the quality of life to people in San Francisco and in Buffalo and in Trenton and in Princeton and in places like that that need mobility and can benefit from mobility when we can do it well. And, 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 and okay, sorry, we can't do it all the time. Anybody who tries to do everything for everybody fails. Nobody's this kind, of, remind, this kind of reminds me of this, uh, this new book that's going to be coming out in, <laughs> in January. When you're wrapping up with, uh, with Michael Senna, it's called the real the real case for driverless mobility and uh, scheduled for release. I saw on the website from Elsevier on January 1st. Yeah. Hey, we're going to have a party, I guess, whatever. Uh, Michael and I are working on the galleys or something, whatever. And that's going to, yes. And that's what we bring out in the book. And that's what we've been saying. Um, um, that's what we've been saying. And, and, uh, these systems give people rides. That's what they can be good at in reasonable weather. Okay. And so let's do it. And it, it probably you could even do it in Duluth. Is there, I don't know. But certainly you can do it in Buffalo. And I can't wait to hear from Steve Still as to, you know, what what Waymo is saying in Buffalo today as to what they're, oh, we're coming in here. We're going to solve, we're going to have our LIDARs work in, in snow and we're going to so solve your snow problem. I hope not. I hope not. Because guess what you don't know? In snow. I can't imagine. Look at all the things we don't know when there's no snow tripped up crews. I don't know. Cut it out. Maybe well, maybe the investment we'll have community. More, uh, we'll have more from uh, Steve yeah. uh, and the situation in Buffalo in an upcoming podcast, we hope. Yeah, we're going to get Steve to chat with us. Yeah, Steve wants him there for the same reason we, we want him in Trenton to provide mobility for people. I think we said on this podcast, when, when crews went to San Francisco and first said they were operating at night, we applauded them when others were saying, well, you know, you're not good enough to operate when there's a lot of traffic around and pedestrians. Well, maybe they weren't. But, geez, they were good enough to operate to be able to take the drunks home. 
and probably the, the the bars and restaurants should have should have been applauding them and whatever because they got more revenue. Now that's not necessarily the kind of thing one wants to do, but of course then you avoid the 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 associated problems of having people who've had too much to drink or have had too much fun when they're out driving home and who knows what. And we we forgot to ask. You know, has San Francisco ever arrested the person who hit this woman and ran? Did that person have to resign his or her job? I don't know. It's just, it's ironic. It's just unfortunate. And I just, I I feel so bad for Kyle and and Dan. and, and, And it's a shame because... Because I think that they're they're two good guys really trying to do this right. At least Cruz was building a vehicle that was meant to just take people to give people rides. Or Cruz GM was building it for Cruz that was focused on rides. The message or the message that ended up being being reflected by the media was not, "Hey, this is this is really improving the quality of lives of people." Um, people to be able to get to a job, allowing people who live in low-income housing to uh, to or affordable housing to to transform that affordable housing to affordable living because they had affordable, high-quality mobility. Um, didn't hear those kinds of messages, but whatever. For those who haven't seen the last couple of podcast special editions, mm-hmm. Alan, uh, you traveled to Texas and Starbase and Boca Chica and, <laughs> yeah. and with a group of students for the second launch of Starship. Yep. I had the great fortune of taking uh, Elizabeth and I had the great fortune of taking nine of our of my students uh, down to um to South Padre Island, which is across the inlet from um, from Boca Chica, and um, it was a mad scramble to do it because, of course, uh, we didn't know a date, so that you know we couldn't really make plane reservations or hotel reservations because otherwise, you know, we're left holding the bag. And um, uh, but um, but at the last minute, when, when they finally got FAA approval. We, along with who knows how many other thousands, scrambled to get the last seats into any airport near near Brownsville. We got them, and at least nine of my students uh, decided that I wasn't completely crazy, and they would sort of tag along, wondering what the hell is all this about. Although I tried to make sure that they understood what it was about, and they were all willing, and so on and so forth. And it was so great. I mean, it just worked out so perfectly because, um, you know, the, the, the launch was delayed by a day. We had come down, gone down Thursday night, made sure they at least went to most of their classes on Thursday before we had to go to Newark Airport and went down and and um, they they delayed the launch from Friday to Saturday. But we had and and we had uh, decided since it's weekend, we might as well stay on the beach for a Saturday. So we are we planned our return to be Saturday night. But then they delayed the launch for a day, which allowed us to say, my goodness, if uh, Highway 4, the road to Boca Chica, is open, 
we're going to go over there and 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 just uh, go see the manufacturing facility, Massey's the test facility, and 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 the launch tower. And so I I got them out of bed probably the earliest they've been up all semester at about um, I don't know we got about five thirty, and I think by six thirty we were on the road because it takes you got to go up and around instead of just you know we're five miles away here, but there's an inlet that you have to go up and around. And the road is open and we go down and we show up, show up at the launch site. Like it's from here. It's less than a football field length away. They're just beginning to load the Starship on top of Booster 9. And we just sat there like, wow, just watching the manu the assembly process you know, from, and it was, it was just, and they're there, their eyes went boom. <laughs> So uh, Elizabeth and I think we've uh, we've changed the, the lives of, of at least nine Princeton students on this thing. I don't know what they'll end up doing. And then the launch the next day. And then the launch <laughs> the next day. We got we got we got up a little bit even earlier because um, it, 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 we we're staying in a hotel that was a little probably a mile and a half, mile and a quarter from the from the viewing site and walked down the beach. We had purchased. We'd gone to to uh, Walmart and bought beach chairs, eight eighty eight a piece, eight dollars and eighty eight cents a piece. So we would have we could stake out our our position on the dune. So we had to get it there before sunrise. And uh, and heck, they were all. We weren't the first ones there, but we did have a great viewing spot, and and it was um, yeah, it's it just. It's just marvelous, you know. First time they lit all thirty-three engines, and um, and the thing was basically right on time. I mean, how do you do that? And sure, you know, they in the flip maneuver, a um, couple engines you know, crapped out, and who knows what happened. And and with the with Starship. Starship wouldn't have been a, probably wouldn't have been able to re-enter because they lost a lot of tiles, thermal tiles on the ascent, and they've, they've things they have to fix, they have to do better. But the amount that they learned was, man, they got some real quality Princeton education by both SpaceX and the kids. You know, <laughs> I mean, well, they learned a lot between the between the two launches, obviously, and now oh. they'll learn even more. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, you just have to take your hat off to them. I mean, I, you have to be so good to be able to do that. It, I, whatever, everything has to work well. I mean, just, but if you look at it, um, there are a lot of things that we don't know in San Francisco or in Trenton or in Buffalo that we end up having to learn. And probably the 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 safe driving problem is harder than this than the put a starship in orbit because you know that's be able to efficiently and effectively and, and expensively and affordably and have people ride around. You have to deal with people, and and people are you know are just too too different too variable to look at things from different perspectives and look at what 
what Cruz ran into before this. I mean, being attacked by people with hammers and people thinking they're cute by putting a cone in front of them. I mean, you know, there's nobody, nobody was putting a cone in front of Starship 2 on Saturday morning, okay? So, you know, whatever. Exciting times. Exciting times, though, but it is exciting times for both things. We want to thank uh, Sarusa Farvar from Forbes for spending time with us today. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, wherever you turn to for podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Amazon, Apple, Google. We're there. You can get smart speakers to play us, too. My tech reports are at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and please continue to stay safe. Yep. Yeah.